Do you wanna play a game? Do you like scary movies? Do you wanna eat some brains? Is your chainsaw arm groovy? How bloodthirsty could a talking plant be? Eat your liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Come play with us forever, cause down here we all float. I never drink wine, so you're gonna need a bigger boat. Or a throat to choke, whether you're in the prim or dairy. Got red rum where your blood from. Put your dead son in the cemetery. It's him or carry. Be very afraid. You'll be our number one I'm fan and one get day. carried away. All working, no play, you know it. Always means you're in trouble, son. I came to chew gum and kick ass and I'm all out of bubble gum. What if Quint killed Jaws' his father? What if the Bob's body was marijuana? What if the leprechaun got a job as a bank guard? What if the wolfman had a cowbell instead of Every nards? scary movie made since Oscar Wilde was writing letters Had canon to watch them all and tell you how to make them better So put your earbuds in and forget what you're planning It's time to take our heads and shoot them out of a cannon 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 Welcome to Head Cannon. We have a very uh, special guest tonight, Mr. Jack Hudson. If you say hello, it's nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me, Corey. Oh, here we go. Oh, here he is, Brent. We just we just started the show, and now Brent's Brent's coming in swinging. The show started, and Brent arrives. Hell yeah. We summoned him. <laughs> Yeah, you did. That's so, right. How's it going? Good. Good. We were, we were having technical difficulties. We didn't know if Brent would be able to join us, but Brent, this is my friend Jack. Jack, this is a very good friend of mine, one of my oldest friends, Brent. And um, good to meet you, Brent. It's very nice to meet you too. Yeah, and so I I went to high school with Brent. I know you know we started doing improv together back when I was like 15 years old. Um, yeah. And then Brent, I met Jack through uh, Second City. He was in my actually you you're the only person that I went through the entire conservatory program with, right? Oh yeah, we switched days. Yeah, yeah, because I switched because you're supposed to do because at Second City they want you to do like all six levels the full year, like at the same day, the same time with the same group for the most part. And then I switched, and I didn't think I was gonna. I was going to know anybody. I was like, whatever, I, I got to switch because levels between levels two and three, you have to kind of re audition and get yeah. it, get admitted to the third level to finish out the program. And at that we point, were like 10 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, it was 10 a.m. on Saturday. Yeah, which I did not want to keep doing. No. So I, I wanted to switch my day and I got in that class. I was like, oh, fucking Jackson here. That's awesome. So, yeah. Both of the classes, good, good people, good mm. people. Yeah, so for sure. Jake, you look a lot like our friend Adam Nahas. <laughs> oh man, you look like someone I know. Like we you know, that's cool. You do. That's true. Like yeah, I yeah, I can see it for sure. <laughs> that's nice. I like that. So I already feel like I'm talking to a friend. This is great. <laughs> oh good. <laughs> well, and and Jack, uh, Jack was. I mean, you're such a funny dude. Like it was. It was always so so great to work with you. And and Brent, just so you know, in like our Second City Conservatory show. One of the sketches we did, like Jack's sketch, was one was one where he was a waiter, and it was basically like the premise of the sketch was like just letting Jack be Jack and just like say, just like letting him say the hilarious shit that falls out of his mouth, and it was like that whole scene was just like basically the Jack show, like just let him do his thing, 
wind him up, let oh, him yeah. go, and just watch it happen. You know. Yeah, our teacher was like, "Don't, don't let the other guy talk. Just, just you go. He can't. He can say a few words, but you have to just go." <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I love it. And it was a good. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. So. A lot yeah. of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Rouger, that was a good one. Cap- oh, the, oh, Jesus, yeah. <laughs> That was that was that was the scene that I wrote that made it into the show. Which that man that transformed the what ended up on stage was so wildly different. I don't even remember oh, what I man. originally conceived. It was like totally different from what ended up on stage. And there was that one scene with you and Chuck where you were rowing the boat. These they rode they air rode a boat in during class rehearsal for you know sixteen weeks and it never made a sh- it made one show. Yeah. Like a preview. Yeah. It like, was, would I, you scoot on your butt, kind of, to, like, show that it was moving? No. <laughs> that would have been better. Like, in sync? Okay. Yeah, it was me and Chuck sitting there, rowing like that. And, like, yeah. and while the other, like, the other groups would be rehearsing their scenes that they were doing, Chuck and I yeah, would just be sitting. Sync. We would just be sitting there, rowing yeah. in unison to get it to look right. And then the fucking sketch didn't didn't even end up in the show. <laughs> that sucks. You know, I always like stuff like that though, like an improv and when when like two people are doing something. Like one of my favorite things is just like just casting a pole. Yeah. <laughs> a couple people just like casting a pole, doing something just like over and over again. It's yeah. Like Give that. something for your body to do while you while you yeah. while you work out a scene. Keep yeah, keep your naughty hands busy. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, I'm, uh, Jack, Brent and I, we worked together at, um, we ended up at Comedy Sports Indianapolis for a number of years together, performing there together, so. Yeah. And Small Prov, that's a, or short form, that's a whole I've never heard of the Small Prov, that's a great <laughs> That That's, I think that's for like two-person groups. Right. I meant to say short form, but Small Prov, and, you know, improv, language, dialect. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. But yeah, short form, that's. I found a video of Pat Robinson, you know, the televangelist guy. <laughs> yeah. He's speaking, he's speaking in tongues in this video. And dude, oh, that wow. dude would be killer at like short form, like gibberish. Like a gibberish like, thing. Things. <laughs> yeah. Be amazing. He was pretty good. He's a good actor, that guy. That'd be funny. Somebody, <laughs> what if, like, what if like a church group like wandered in, in the middle of a five things and they, they were like, oh, it's thought you were speaking in tongues. They like thought it was a revival. They were like, oh, we found Jesus here. And you're like, oh, it's just, it's, it's five things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but no, they're just convinced. No, no, <laughs> the, Lord, place in your brain. the Lord is speaking through you. <laughs> Maybe I've heard people make that argument. So, uh, but Jack, so uh, Jack, where do you live? Where were you phoning in from? I'm out in Los Angeles. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like you people. Oh, good. Californians. <laughs> LA people. Cool Every, everyone that we've talked to from California, I thought was like super cool. Yeah. And they're probably transplants too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, a lot of them. We talked, because one of our last guests was uh, Octopus Caveman from Twitter. He's out there. Um, oh, another buddy of ours, an animator who's worked with like Disney and Pixar and, oh, and right. he's out there. Yeah. We've had quite he a few. Our high school. Yeah. Yeah. We know, we know him from way back. And we've, so. we've interviewed lots of Canadians too. They're pretty fun. <laughs> oh, they're had, pretty a, fun group. had a good number of Canadians. Yeah. <laughs> I think what Canada's is it? Got some good shows, man. 
Have you guys seen Letterkenny? We, I keep hearing about that show. I have not seen Letterkenny. I, I've seen clips of this. And how much of that show takes place like in front of like a fruit stand or something oh, like man. that? Oh, man. That's the produce stand. Bits. Yeah, it's great. Great bits. Um, yeah, it's, it's very much like a, you know, park the camera and just let these guys talk like a Canadian hick. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, Corey, you got you should look some of those up on YouTube. I've That's, only seen yeah. like I said clips of these like little vignettes in the show. It's that sounds amazing. Bit. Gary and his demons. That's another Canadian show. Gary and it's his... like uh, it's on Sci-Fi. It's the uh, it's like the short like eleven minute shows. So they do two episodes in a half hour. Nice. It's, uh, I don't know. It's kind of like um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer midlife crisis. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I haven't even heard of that. It does. Nice. <laughs> no, it's funny. It's, 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 I mean, it's like, it's up there with like, uh, same tone and genre of a Rick and Morty, mm. um, with less Chezwan sauce. Okay. But it's like live action. <laughs> no, mean, it's animated. I, so. I gotta admit, I, I remember the Szechuan sauce when, the, like, when they brought it up in that episode, I was like, I remember that from when I was younger, you know? But, <laughs> Actually, our buddy, our buddy Adam, the animator, we were talking on the most recent because he just finished up a show with Netflix, and he's actually working on Rick and Morty now. He's doing he's doing concept art uh, for Rick and Morty at the moment. Oh so, no shit! It's yeah, cool. that's like yeah. his newest thing he's working on. But, so let's just talk about him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about how great Adam Dix is. Uh, <laughs> but so, but speaking of vampires, Jack, uh, you mentioned vampires. What what movie did you did you bring us to talk about tonight? Oh well, I brought you Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Nineteen ninety two. Ninety two. It's a lot of mod- modifiers. Francis Ford Coppola's oh, yeah. Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. That's right. We'd have to do the if we're diagramming the sentence, which you know they should totally teach instead of financial literacy. Right. You start with Dracula and then. You, that would be modified by Bram Stoker. That would right. be modified by Transport <laughs> Coppola. I guess it would be Columbia Pictures would be below that. Would be, yeah. I Col- hate that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know, I we all know it. Brent, Brent, do you teach that in your class at all? Or is that, or you just do math? Oh, I teach math, but just I'm married math. to a language arts teacher. Okay. And that is not taught anymore, but I remember learning it all. Yeah. <laughs> it's an old hieroglyph. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Well, so Jack, what what made you uh, land on Bram Stoker's Dracula? So uh, I remember like being aware that it was coming out in theaters back in '92, and like seeing it on like HBO or you know Cinemax or whatever it was, and you know in the subsequent years, and being like, and I remember there was like a video game released that was Bram Stoker's Dracula, the video game, and okay. I was like maybe this is where culture is going where they'll have like a really big, like well done movie and then a video game for it. Uh huh. And you know, it made sense in my, you know, uh, seven, eight year old mind because Jurassic park came out in 93 and there was a video game. Right. Sega game there. Yeah, exactly. There were all the super, the super star Wars games. Yeah. So it just, it was like, okay, so maybe, you know, there's going to be a, uh, you know, where the heart is movie or a, uh, failure to launch, failure to launch the, the, the video game. 
that's not a bad idea. Man, little little Jack yes. had a hold of the zeitgeist, I think, at yeah. the, in, the, in the early 90s. Yeah, and so, uh, and I remember, like, the, the VHS box just had, like, that gargoyle face on it. I guess Dracula's face in the stone. I was like, oh, man, that is, like, that's spooky just to look at. Yeah. Um, and so a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, Francis Ford Coppola. I haven't seen this. I'll watch it. And what? <laughs> yeah, there's so much going on there. What? It is, it is wild to watch. Yeah. yeah. I watched it Saturday, took an edible, and then I watched it this morning, unedibled, and same movie, different feelings. Right. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And I, I rewatched it. <laughs> Your clothes I, are on this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I just rewatched it this weekend, last night, actually. And I. I hadn't seen it since probably the mid nineties since it was on HBO. And, yeah. and I remember it being a fucking crazy ride back then. And it was, yeah, yeah it was just as wild this time around. Like yeah. Brent, had you seen it before or was this your first time watching it? I think I, I only, it's a very like sexual movie. And I think it it is when that came out, yeah, I think I, I was like very like enthralled with that aspect of it. But this rewatch now I'm a little older. I, I like the idea of like a like like a di- diary as like a narration or like r- letter writing, you know. Like I, I don't know, I've always liked the like person. Books, books and things with like um, what was the you know the, the the one chick who wrote the diary? Who no, Mina? Mina? Why not? Oh, no, Frank. No, the bl- the the mad black woman. Wait, are you <laughs> <laughs> are you mixing different things up here? When Medea, she writes the diary. So yeah, it was Francis Ford Coppola's Bram, Sto- Bram Stoker's Tyler Perry's Tyler A Very Medea Dracula. Yeah. That shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to have to cut all this out. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but, uh, Medea would be good as Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, it's like a, if there's like a multiverse, like multiple Draculas, like yeah. Like Bell Lugosi and then Gary Oldman with the beehive. Right. And then like a, uh you know, like a sexier vampire, like a like a, a Twilight, and then you have like a Medea. Right. <laughs> I would reference that. Well you know, it'd be, it. it'd be like a, a, a remake, a reboot a, a reboot of Blackula, right? Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. Or a, a Vampire in Brooklyn. Vampire in Brooklyn. I love that movie when that's I was a kid. That's an interesting movie too, because that starts out as like a comedy. Yeah, like straight up like Eddie Murphy comedy, and then it like it just it just transfers into a horror movie. It's really weird. Yeah, you know I don't. Do you remember? I, I was gonna say Leslie I, Nelson's I Dracula Dead and Loving. See, it was, like, that's where I first was also like, oh, okay, I kind of get this. I probably understand what Dracula is because I saw Dead and Loving It. Yeah, because that was like uh, that was Mel Brooks and Leslie Nielsen, so it was kind of like the heat of uh, parody comedies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think I, I, I don't think I've seen Dracula or I'm sorry, Vampire in Brooklyn since I was a kid. But, yeah. e- but ever since then, like, I always think of the way Eddie Murphy said, God damn it. Cause he, in his Transylvanian accent, he was always like, God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> like, he said that a number of times through the movie. Like, <laughs> that just sounds like the old guy he plays in coming to America. Yeah. Oh God. Where's <laughs> the spoon? <laughs> 
God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. But no, this is, I think this is a very horny movie and it's, and even, <laughs> even, even the way it got pitched. Cause I think in researching for this podcast, Winona Ryder had, she made like six movies within two years and then she was supposed to do the Godfather three. And oh, yeah. so she told Francis Ford Coppola, she was like, bro, I'm just like, I'm exhausted. I've just done like six movies back to back to back to back. Like I cannot do another movie. I'm, I'm exhausted. So she had to drop out of Godfather three and she thought he was like mad at her. He thought she thought that they were in like on bad terms. So they had a meeting uh, just about shit in general. And she brought an early script for Dracula and was just like, you know, hey, this, by the way, this script looks really interesting. And what she really liked about it was kind of the rep- the repressed uh, female sexuality of the time. And that yeah. that was what attracted her to the project. Yeah. You yeah. know. And it, it's there. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that was her entry point, her entry point to it. And I thought it was interesting that Coppola, uh, he, I think for some of the more erotic scenes, he brought in... Yeah, he got a, a female acting coach, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he brought in a female acting coach, which I thought was cool and probably more a little more progressive of uh, than probably what other actors were, or other directors were doing in 92. You know, it was like, look, let me bring in a woman to work with these actresses, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I still think Coppola is a very uh, sensual person. <laughs> that that big beard and the big belly. <laughs> yeah, it's like making out with like Walt Whitman or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a pee in your beard. Yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, well, I just kind of want to dive into this movie because right, right in the beginning, and I I feel like this movie is a great example of how like some of the acting is questionable. There's, there are a lot of plot lines going on, a couple, like a few characters that dead end. There are plenty of things that aren't perfect about this movie, right? Oh, but, but it just looks the way they shot it and the cinematography and like, it just looks so fucking cool, and every yeah. scene is just so fucking wild. The, the set design, yeah. the costumes—it's amazing. Yeah, it's Even, a, yeah, and like all shot on soundstage. Yep. No visual effects, all like camera tricks and like you know forced perspective, uh, because he you know had a heart attack filming Apocalypse Now, and it took him three years to film that movie. So <laughs> he was like, "Fuck it, we're doing it in a studio." Yeah. yeah. Well, but, uh, yeah, that, that opening with the uh, Anthony Hopkins, is he or isn't he German or Dutch narration? <laughs> right. And then the. He doesn't <laughs> even know. The, the puppet show of the battle. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which was. <laughs> there's like part of it where, you know, Dracula is going through and, you know, killing Turks, and there's a guy who just falls down with like 10 arrows in his chest. <laughs> Yeah, it just goes. That to, suit of armor that he's wearing is just like so it, badass. It's like so metal. It's like uh, Twizzler body armor. Yeah, yeah. dude. Oh, great, great. Yeah, perfect visual. <laughs> and uh, it, it just, just looks like the mus- muscular system of a person. Yeah, right? <laughs> like an unreal person, right? Twizzler yeah. man. Yeah, yeah, Twizzler <laughs> man. Twizzler totally man's react. muscular trick. You know, but, it's funny, Jack. You mentioned like the puppet show, 
and it reminded me of like many instances in the movie where like shadows were like yeah. doing doing like what the, the the character is not doing. Yeah, almost like a like a puppet show going on there too. Yeah, that's cool. Well, and that's what they had to do. What they had to do because like like Jack mentioned, it's all in camera effects, and 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 he what Francis Ford Coppola wanted to do. He like had the script and he was like, here's what I want it to look to look like. And his first visual effects crew, they were like, this isn't possible. Like we have to use some computer imagery. Like we got to use some CGI. And he was like, nope, you're all fired. So he fired the he fired the visual <laughs> effects crew and hired his son. Yeah. To, <laughs> like to use. But the cool thing was like, I like how much this is a throwback to. Because the story takes place at the end of the 1800s when cinema was just a, becoming a thing, right? This is yeah. when they, they first... And they reference that in the movie. Yeah, yeah. This is when they first started oh. to make movies. And I like how he used techniques from that time, like matte painting. And yeah. like he really tried to make this movie using techniques from 100 years ago. And like you said, they referenced yeah. the cinematograph in the movie. And yeah. even in that scene, the silent movies that are playing in the yeah. background are actual silent movies from that era, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah. Which, and I, I love all of that. And I, the, the puppet show at the beginning and with the big war between the Turks and, and Vlad, it was kind of, it reminds me of the, did you see the Candyman trailer where it's like the backstory of Candyman is all done oh, with yeah. puppets, which I thought that was cool as shit. Uh, that thing's doing really well in box office right now. Yeah, I hope so. I can't wait to see it. It looks so good. Yeah. But but this movie, I the 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 war, the fight, the battle at the beginning was the one thing where it just felt it didn't feel as big and as epic as I think they wanted it. It felt small. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, yeah. And I, I just I I feel like it was the one thing that suffered from being on a small soundstage, you know? Yeah, if, if they had the CGI, it would have been this big, like, you know, uh, like the first scene of Gladiator kind of battle. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, shit. There he is. Renfield <laughs> of Dreams. <laughs> yeah, Brent, Brent is on the Skype call as Renfield of Dreams, so everybody knows. <laughs> Sorry. Well, before I was late, was my, my internet went down, and it just now came back, so I switched over to my, my laptop. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> But yeah, so we got that that beginning scene with the big fight. You've got the red sky, and then he's and I just I like that because that wasn't in the book, right? I, like I think this is a lot of this is pretty close to the novel Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is I think I started to read it. I don't know that I've read the whole thing. It's been a long time. I think I started to read it, but the novel is an epistolary story, right? So yeah. the whole thing is told through like diary entries. And there's Letters. no there's. Yeah, there's no narration. It's all like letters written and shit like that. But my son has a pretty dope graphic novel. Oh, okay, it's, nice. It's for kids, but it's like it's done really well. It's it's fantastic. Nice. <laughs> I remember reading it to him a couple years ago. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> I, I sorry. I just imagine you're like your young son with like something like tearing yeah. out a heart and drinking the blood yeah. from it. And then yeah, then her exposed nipple while lying yeah. on the bed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he has the best bedtime stories. <laughs> but so I was, I, you know, and I, I like that Francis Ford Coppola kind of like took Bram Stoker's novel, was pretty true to it, but then also added in like details about Vlad the Impaler. And because that whole beginning scene 
Uh, that's kind of tacked on. I don't think that's in the book. No, um, no. And he, so he kind of like marries the the myth of Vlad the Impaler into this story. And this is stuff like I had I had heard this before, but I kind of wrote it all down just to kind of consolidate. So I guess his father, so Vlad the Impaler is Vlad the Third, and his father was Vlad the Second, Vlad Dracul, which means the dragon, right? So he was like of the dragon clan. And so his son, Vlad the Third, was Vlad Dracula, which was like the son of the dragon. And so that and so that was him, like, that's where he came from and, and was like fighting these Turkish invaders. And, yeah. And so that's where the whole, like, uh, you know, myth mythos comes from, kind of where it stems from. The dude, he renounces God and, like, stabs with this giant sword into a cruci- a giant, like, like stone crucifix. It's yeah. like blood starts gushing out. Yeah. It's insane. Um, it's awesome, and he drinks it too, and the yeah. blood is red as jelly, so it's probably really sweet. It, it's like how, it's like he knew what to, how did he know what to do? Right. Is that written somewhere, like, like in your, like, medieval time cereal box it's on the back? Like, what, how do you even know? Oh, yeah. I stab it, and then I drink it, and I become immortal or something. Yeah. yeah. Pretty awesome rage quit for, and like. What's stopping, awesome. like, everyone from just doing that? Fuck being a part of the church anyway. You're you're actually you're getting into my head cannon here, Brent. That's kind of that's 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 exactly what my head cannon is. It's like a bunch of different miraculous. But no, but no, I I had a lot of questions about this first scene. Like not only that, but but Winona Ryder's character, like Princess Elizabetha or whatever, like she gets a random arrow through her window. That's like yo. Your fiance is dead. We got him. We got him. We kill. And she's like, "Oh shit, I'm jumping into the river immediately." Like, I don't know. She like, I don't. She also, we we see her falling in the when he reads the suicide note, and she's just kind of <laughs> into the okay, river. No camera tricks. That was one on a writer. She jumped out of a castle. She jumped into a river. Yeah. <laughs> so she just like immediately jumps into the river based on. I, I just don't know why she would trust this letter from her enemies and immediately just, like, dive out the window, you know? <laughs> She's still, like, soaking wet when he gets to her, right? Isn't that... Did I notice that? I think so. Yeah. And then hidden Anthony Hopkins is the priest at yes. the beginning. Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't notice horrible fake beard and fake eyebrows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I like how he's immediately, like... You know, so Vlad comes back, Gary Oldman comes back in, and he's holding Winona Ryder, and Anthony Hopkins is like, she's damned, she killed herself, she's damned to hell. Like, there's no, no finesse no there, no chill, he's like, well, he's she killed herself. Lost. She can't go to heaven. Yeah, she's going to hell. <laughs> he's just like, I know what to do. Stab. Stab the cross. That's right. But, it, but again, I, I have to wonder about, about her... <laughs> I have to wonder about her character because, like, I'm an atheist. I'm not a religious person. It's been years since I've gone to church. But, like, even I know that, like, suicide is a bad thing, right? Like, you don't commit suicide and go to heaven. <laughs> did, like, did Winona's writer's character, did she just, like, skip that day of Bible school? Like, I don't know how she didn't know that suicide condemns you to hell. You know, I feel like but she should have known that. was so great. Yeah. She, she, he was her whole life. Right. And he's dead because, she, and she's she kills herself because she doesn't, 
you know, check the bibliography on this this note. Right. <laughs> yeah, check the sources, why not write it? <laughs> I like believe. to think that a lot of like messages like were sent that way by arrow. <laughs> by arrow. Just coming in your window. <laughs> like pizza. <laughs> Pizza's ready. <laughs> so <I'm> special. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost like three children to, 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 this, to the Chinese food restaurant. <laughs> this is a menu. <laughs> Damn. So I like, so kind of jumping ahead a little bit, jumping into, and this is kind of what I remember from as being a kid. And since it's the beginning of the movie, you kind of feel like Keanu Reeves is going to be the main character. Cause he's like the main guy you're focused on, but maybe 20, yeah. 25 minutes into the movie, you kind of move away from his character and and he's not in it a whole lot after that. Right. And then when we see him again in England, he has a wig transformation and then a subsequent wig transformation near the, the, like the climax of the movie. Yeah. And he's hanging out with a dude from princess bride. Like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Dracula's brides, they have sucked all of the color out of his hair. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that scene was fraught with just one nipple. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just you know, the 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 Dracula brides wore their you know uh, I guess like a winch's blouse in a way that only one nipple was showing, and then <laughs> one of them was just going to town on Keanu's nipple. Was it? And it, it was squirting blood at one point. Was that right? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I thought so. Like, like it was m- milked and blood was coming out? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> Milk, milked by Dracula's brides. <laughs> yeah. Well, when Winota when, um, almost becomes... No, she does at the end, right? She does become a, a vampire, I think. But, like, her her process is to, like, drink from, like, Gary Oldman's, like, like his, like, he's gassed his in, like, chest yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, he cuts himself. And I, I like that bit of lore, and I feel like that's something I've always, in my own head, that, that dragon, or I'm sorry, vampire lore is... No, they're Draculas. Dracula. Oh, you say Dragnet. Dracula lore. No, but yeah, like, you can get bitten, but then you're just dead, right? Not everybody turns into a vampire, but it's only when you drink of a vampire's blood right. do you turn into a vampire, which... Is not the case in all vampire stories, but that's kind of True. always been my thought of like how vampires work, right? It, it's like a it's a two step process. Yeah, they have to be intentionally created. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like the um, interview with a vampire lore for that too. It's kind of on the same vein as well. No pun intended. Right. <laughs> like it really wasn't, but <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that, there was like a process of like you get bit and then you drink. Okay. Vamp- you know right? that that probably contributes to my like kind of base vampire assumptions because that was another movie I watched quite a bit on HBO as a kid during that same time yeah. as well. Equally horny. Equally very horny yeah. as well. Yes. Yeah. I mean the va- vampire mythos to begin with is like it's a pretty horny mythos, right? Oh yeah. You know, yeah. you're drinking blood. It's a very intimate. Uh, you know, va- vampires I feel like are inherently horny. And you know, I think. Yeah living that long you would get tired of it or get desensitized but they just keep doubling down right. and worn yeah. out yeah oh, here i've got a but here's like a a physiological question is like so you're you don't have a beating heart right 
As a vampire? I think a not. Vampire. Not you personally, but, <laughs> but like... But like, how no, do you, how saying, do you like, even like, you... gain or maintain an erection as a vampire? Magic. Magic? It's a magic <laughs> erection, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once it, that's... Or like, it's like a rubber band where, yeah. like, it stops and it just stays. So you're like, all you like basically have priapism. <laughs> yeah. You're right. You, you can't, like, really hurt yourself. So you're just like... You, you get it you get it full and then you like, tie it off like a balloon animal. Yeah. <laughs> you're just good to go. Well, you know, yeah, we don't have a sex ed problem in this country. You just like you know, get it hard <laughs> and like go for it. Well and here's you know what, and I don't know that um the the horniness of vampires I feel like might be a different process because if you watch this movie, when they're like in these orgasmic like throws of ecstasy there may or may not be any actual like penetration going on. Right. Like when Lucy, when Lucy is really getting down, she's like laying in bed by herself. Um, yeah. Even, and then there's that scene where Winona Ryder like sucks the blood out of Gary Oldman's she's ribs. She's like there. <laughs> it burst in on her and she's just. <laughs> right. And there's nothing there. But like that, that's a very, you know, climaxy climactic orgasmy scene. And there's nothing. She's just sucking the blood from his ribs. And it actually makes me think of, there was a TV show on, it was maybe FX. I think it was, um, oh, what's the guy who did Pan's Labyrinth and, um, Guillermo del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. He did, he did a vampire show called the, the strain, which I, I watched, I watched the first season, maybe first two. And there's this really funny bit with uh, a rock star, like a Steven Tyler type, like, famous rock star who gets turned into a vampire right and one of the first things that happen is like he starts turning into a vampire he can't be out in the sun in the day like he has all these symptoms of being a vampire and then one day he like wakes up in the morning hungover and he goes to the toilet and he's pissing and and there's just like a plop and he looks down and his junk has just fallen into the toilet uh so i think i don't know if this is standard vampire lore but <laughs> well, this is interesting, Corey, because I used to date a girl who was obsessed with Anne Rice. Okay, and she would tell me about the books that, that come like after Interview with the Vampire. Yeah, the, and they're all the, like heavily based on like bands. underground rock bands. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know that's a, a musician. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think yeah, I think and I think there's something to be said for that that exploration of. Uh, uh, kind of like alternate sexualities, right? Because I think like one of my favorite vampire movies is uh, Let the Right One In. Have you guys seen that? It's uh, like a no. Swedish movie. Is or... that the Danish one? Yeah, something, whatever it is. Yeah. And they did it. There was like an American remake I haven't seen. Yeah. But it's one of my favorite movies. But apparently it was explored more in the book. They don't really go into it too much into the movie. Except at one point they show like the main vampire and they're like, their pelvic area is just like smooth. There's just like nothing down there. Like a Barbie. Like kind of like a Barbie, yeah, yeah. And apparently they they like cut their junk off at one point. And I haven't read the book, so I I don't know the full implications of that. But but yeah, I do feel like there's uh, in vampire lore like a lot of horniness and a lot of horniness that maybe doesn't revolve around the the traditional like binary uh, yeah. concept of what that is or what that means. You know what I mean? It's like a, a sustained uh, amount of pleasure instead of like the climactic 
bust. Right. So, so what's, yeah, well, what's the point of, like, a boob or a wiener when, like, what you want is the blood? Seriously. It's just a tantric existence, yeah. It turns yeah. you on, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. I mean, it's it's sadistic, but I mean, what is just, like, everything... <laughs> all living things just turned you on it's like, being a, a vampire it's a very horny exist, existence you know you gotta know what you're signing terrible. up for <laughs> i already but dislike always my own hungry. Oh, yeah. always hungry always hungry always your blood yeah and you don't have genitals so what are you gonna do right <laughs> i love some some of the best scenes like when jonathan harker like keanu reeves meets up with Dracula and it's, it's, it's Gary Oldman. And even from the very beginning where the, the carriage, like whoever's driving the carriage comes to pick him up and his arm stretches like impossibly far. Right. (laughs) And just like lifts him into the carriage and everything after that. First he gets out of that really awkward ride share with those, uh, Romani gypsies. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Totally kicked him out. (laughs) But but I really one thing I love about this movie is how like unlike other vampire movies like Dracula affects the world around him like the shadows are wrong and like the lighting is wrong and just whenever vampire whenever Dracula's in the scene everything is wrong and weird shit is going on right and he pulls a sword on him like during the salad course of the meal <laughs> right like, which is that's... too early Red flags abound. Right. And and you know, his cape that like, it's like 20 feet of fabric. (laughs) That thing. uh, Actually, I wanted to get this point out there. Like I have like watching this, I was getting super anxious because I was like, all of these houses and castles and mansions, they all have bed bugs. Like I am, I know for sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's cleaning the sheets regularly right there are bugs. <laughs> but do you think yeah. maybe he can control them like minions like maybe he six his legions of bed bugs onto you know the well, nearby villagers Winfield really enjoyed the bed bugs right like, you know as like a nighttime snack when he was there before he well i guess we don't know how he got back yeah i you know and i, I have to say i feel like because i love tom waits um and he was great and that you're right. That I didn't even know that. Yeah, it's That's Tom Waits. Waits. Tom Waits. Tom Waits. Oh, he's from, my favorite character in that movie, by the way. He's so good. I didn't realize it was him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's done some Jim Jarmusch movies, uh, Mystery Men, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. He was. There's a fun yes. video. Everyone's probably seen this by now, but if you haven't, there's an interview with Tom Waits when he was younger that was like definitely the inspiration for Heath Ledger's Joker, like without oh, yeah. a doubt. He's so cool. But and he's great. Eggs and sausage and a side of toast. Yeah. <laughs> but he he's he's great in this movie. But I I gotta be honest. I don't know why he's there. I don't know what he does. Like I feel like you could cut Tom Waits out of this movie, and I and, feel like and that's nothing would be different. Movie. Right. The 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 Renfield and the Carfax Insane Asylum and Doctor Seward, who inexplicably is shooting up morphine. Right. That's right. I, I, I think. <laughs> That it's like a it's like a, a Hannibal Lecter, Clarice Starling, where Doctor Seward is like solving mysteries out in turn of the century London, and he has to uh, keep going back to Renfield, who's like making sense of all this for him because you know Renfield's fucking crazy, right. so he probably knows what's going on. Yeah, 
Also, those the cage helmets those guys had those yeah. were pretty metal. Yeah, what I, the I, hell was that about? Was that to protect their head? Like, yeah, it's like a big football helmet. <laughs> I would love to see. Just it. like a box. <laughs> that was wild. I I did not get a chance to look into that. But do either of you know? Was that like a a standard practice? Was that a real thing? I, See, I think I, I've de- I think I saw something like that in the beginning of Amadeus, where they start out at the asylum where Salieri is living, and it was just like to protect the face from you know, Bites. these undiagnosed <laughs> mentally ill people. Yo, huh. like basically just keep in prison. That's interesting. <laughs> nice. Well, so to- well, I liked all the as- insane asylum stuff. I think that was. I think you're right. It, it didn't seem to fit, but it, it definitely like made the movie cooler. I yeah, thought. I I liked it. I like it, and I love yeah. Tom Waits. I thought his performance was great. I just feel like you could have cut that maybe ten minutes from the movie, and no one would have noticed. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, I right. like I don't know that it would change the trajectory of the movie all that much. You know, <laughs> because what does he, do? does he, he somehow I think what he does is does he rat on Dracula. He did, at the end, he, yeah, he turns on Dracula. Turns like his whole point of the movie is then at the end to rat on Dracula because yeah. any other scene it's just like, "I worship you, my lord." Yeah, I am weird, and you're like, "Okay, he's eating bug. He's wearing red jammies. He's he's crazy." And then he dies in like the worst way, just getting like just bludgeoned against the door, yeah. the the. the the prison bars of his cell. Oh my god! You know, one thing you said earlier was like when um, Dracula pulls a sword on Keanu, like during Salad, and then just like like his whole point of being there anyway was just like to get his books in order. Yeah, like sign then, like his next in his next diary thing is just like, well, I'm a prisoner now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. This guy made me. Uh, I, I live here now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to get taken by some Dracula brides. That would be bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, imagine if you were just like trying to take a job, like make some money, and then all like all of a sudden your boss was like, I need you to live here for a month. Like you need to stay here for a month. <laughs> it's like, what sort of kinky shit is this? <laughs> yeah. He's like, What is this gonna lead to? <laughs> but but like have you seen his fingernails? Like yeah. that guy. Oh, and his, his, his hair on his hands. Yeah, the, the oh, palm that, hair. Yeah. yeah. He's got hairy, hairy palm. palms. <laughs> yeah. Shit. But I, I have to point out from that scene, um, he says, he I think he offers wine to Keanu Reeves, and he's like, I never drink. Drink. Wine. Wine. Right? Uh. Uh? <laughs> which is Which is a line that's ripped straight from the 1931 Dracula. Right, really? that's a line they do in the 1931 Dracula movie, and then also in Dracula Dead and Loving It, like you said with Leslie Nielsen and Mel Brooks, he says the same thing. He's like, "I never drink wine," and then he's like, "Oh, what the hell? Let me try it." And that's kind of the joke there. Also in Dracula 2000, which I haven't seen and I know nothing about, he says, "I never drink coffee" because he's offered coffee in that movie. And then the other reference I found was. At Love at First Bite, which is like a 1979 movie, something like that. It's starring George Hamilton as Dracula. Oh. She's like, she's like, uh, he's with somebody, and she's like, you want to drink some wine or like smoke some of this good shit, right? So she's like offering him weed, and he's like, I never drink wine, and I do not smoke shit. <laughs> so that's, I've so I like yeah. the subsequent Dracula movies now. They're about to update. 
like what was going on at the time. So like then it was like reefer. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now it's like I never do MDMA. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, let's try it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So yeah, so that's a long-standing gag like that stems from the 1931 movie and has been referenced a number of times over the years. So that's a deep cut. Deep cut, super deep cut. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was like a wink to the audience. Like I never drink. Why? <laughs> right. And 95 percent of the audience, they were like, "Well, I don't, I don't get it." <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Dracula 2000 thing. Was that like a sequel to The Dead and Loving It? I, 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 could, I could be wrong about this. I might be wrong. But I think there was an attempt by... Because Universal had a shared universe of monsters in like the 20s. Like the 30s and 40s really, right? So there was like Dracula, yeah. the Wolfman, the Mummy, Frankenstein. And they would all be in each other's movies, right? So, so Universal did a bunch of movies in the 2000s. I think one was I Frankenstein with Aaron Eckhart. Um, one, oh, one was The Mummy with Tom Cruise. And, yeah, yeah. And then there, I, th- I believe, I could be wrong, I'm pulling all this out of my ass, but I think Dracula 2000 was also part of that move to like, yeah, I think that was too early for that. The was Dracula it earlier? Untold is the one that's oh. supposed to be in the in the dark universe. You're right. You're absolutely right. You're right. Yeah. With the and they were supposed to do um, Bride of Frankenstein with um, I think Penelope Cruz and Javier Bardem, and then oh, something cool. with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp maybe as the Invisible Man. Okay, but it all fell through because the Mummy is. Not as good as the Brennan Fraser mummies. Right. Which know exactly what they are. It's silly. <laughs> We're on the other side of the river. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are good. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jack's absolutely right. So on so Brent, I have no idea what Dracula two thousand was or what it's, it was about. I have no idea. Then. If it's not a funny movie, it's terrible. It sounds like a funny movie. No, it was, seri- no, it was it's, serious. It's a, I think it's a serious movie. I think Gerard Butler is Dracula. Oh wow. Okay. <laughs> you know, as as the Phantom of the Opera, maybe. As Dracula, sure. no thank you, Gerard Butler. <laughs> Oh, you know what? For a second there, I got a, I got Gerard Butler confused with Gerard de Padu. Oh my god! <laughs> 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 it's Dracula. That would be awesome. I would rather see Gerard de Padu as Dracula. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So we get, so we get, uh, you know, we get Winona Ryder looking at Arabian Nights. There's all these like sexual piss pictures, and she's like. Oh, that's disgustingly awful, right? Um, and it's just like doggy style. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, they're, they're mystified by that. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> can a man and a woman really do that? <laughs> and Lucy's like, of course they can. I did it just last night. <laughs> in, in my dreams. In my dreams, yeah. <laughs> right. So there's that, and then Jonathan. I have to say, the scene with Dracula's brides. I know he's getting like whispered to and and there's a lot going on for Jonathan, but he like moves these cobwebs to get in this like dirty, dusty room and he lays down on this dusty bed (laughs) and then bed bugs. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm like, this is not sanitary. Why are you laying? And then like Monica Bellucci pops up and I'm like, okay, Monica Bellucci, I get it. But, but does, does she bite his dick? I I think that's implied. 
or close yeah, to she's it. She's like working the belt buckle, and then there's and then, like a chomp sound effect. She, yeah, she's she's digging into the the bangers and mash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Like we said, it's a very horny movie. And then I do like in that scene how Dracula comes in and he's like, what are you doing? Get get out of here. And he's like shooing his pride. He brings him a baby. (laughs) That would have been a great like trailer trashy scene even where she's like, I do what I want. (laughs) (laughs) Right, like that's Why are you banging all the accountants I bring over to the the castle? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like turn of the century Transylvanian like trailer trash like yeah, I, yeah. I I'll I'll chew on his bangers mesh if I want <laughs> you don't you don't own me why don't you get a job and pay the bills Vlad <laughs> you're just hanging out in your tower all day he's trying to move he's gentrifying London he goes down to his game room and just like stabs a dartboard with a sword. <laughs> Cracks open a Budweiser. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a Bloodweiser. Oh, Budweiser, nice. Yes. Nice. Bloodweiser. <laughs> That's good. Uh, but I guess I, I want to pat myself on the back here because there's a scene shortly after this where he's wearing like this big golden robe, right? And I was like, I was like, that looks like a Gustav Klimt painting. Right? Yeah. Like, That's it what it's based off of. And it was, yeah. And, and apparently Coppola had like art from, from Klimt that he gave his uh which i i gotta say i want to take a detour real quick there the the woman who did the costumes iko ishioka i think is her name she also did the costumes for the cell with jennifer lopez and uh um vincent d'onofrio that same red yeah so that shows up in that doesn't yeah so i think there's that and then i i like i i have to say i love how Coppola, Coppola was like, whatever we think of vampires before, the dark clothes, the cape, the widow's the peak, all of, he was like, all of that, I want to do none of it. I want to completely reimagine what this is. And I, I think he fully succeeded in, oh, yeah. in, in reimagining Dracula in a way that has never been imagined before. I like that his red, you know, his red, his red cape with the kind of the the butt cheeks on his head (laughs) which was which was done in in um mr burns wore that same thing in the simpsons right (laughs) but i always uh, thought it made him look like his head was like a lot bigger like had more skull to it well did he also have a grenade on the back yes yeah yeah well and and i thought his his castle and i couldn't find anything on this so i don't I don't know that it was intentional, but yeah, to so me, it looked like a person. Yeah, it, it looked like, it looked like a skeleton like a on a hand. throne, to me anyway. But see, so yeah, that's a, like because Keanu Reeves' his performance leaves a bit to be desired. There, there are a few things. There are certainly some critiques you could have of this movie, but I feel like it's just so gorgeous and so innovative. I and 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 along with that, it's the only vampire movie to have ever won an Oscar, right? Which I think is well-deserved. Yeah, I just think it's like, as far as, especially as far as vampire movies go, like, I think you have to give it its due for what it did, you know? Definitely. Uh, I think it's uh, interesting that Anthony Hopkins goes from 
uh, Silence of the Lambs, where he is a very subtle, scary character to like German Dutch Kabuki in this <laughs> film, where he is just screaming, laughing, ah. right, hamming it up. Yeah, it's yeah. just destroying the scene. Yeah, he's yeah he's chewing every bit of scenery and loving it, and the movie's better for it. Like it's so between between Anthony Hopkins and Gary Oldman, I feel bad for anybody else who had to try and be in this movie because the two of them are just chewing every fucking scene to pulp, you know. And then when he like finally shows up in London, he narrates. He's like, and now I'm in the story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. And, I, and especially that scene where he's with, and I like how, you know, Winona Ryder's character, she's in love with Jonathan Harker. She's like waiting for him to come back and get married. And then you've got Lucy who had, they're like three dudes that want to fuck her. And, and they're all like, they're all cool with the competition. I, I I honestly love this dynamic between these three dudes who are like, yeah, we all want the like we all want to get with the same woman. We're all cool with each other. We're buds. Like we hang out That's together, no problem. And like, but then there's and there's like Carrie Elways, who's who's who is fantastic from the Saw franchise, from Princess Bride. You mentioned Brent and uh, Robin Hood Men in Tights, which is one of the funniest comedies ever. Yeah. You know, um, and then you've got what's that guy's name? Um, oh, Richard E. Rich, Grant. Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Uh, he was classic Loki. Classic most Loki in the Loki series. Yeah, classic Loki. And then, and then you've got this other guy who's just like a Texas cowboy for some reason, and like <laughs> he's got like a leopard print vest on under his suit. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. But but I love how it's just like these three random guys. And I feel like probably in the novel, maybe they were fleshed out a little bit more. But in the movie, it's like just like three guys who aren't in the movie very much. You got you just kind of know that they want to fuck Lucy. And then they all like band together under the direction of Van Helsing to go yeah. fight this monster. And oh, man. And, and Van Helsing is just so, you know, he just doesn't give a fuck. He's just like having a blast trying to hunt down this vampire. He, he gets like a telegram in the middle of a lecture and like stops and it's like, Oh, what is this? A telegram? <laughs> okay. I gotta go. Like, yeah. you could have just like ended the lecture. He's walking out. He gets a telegram. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Jack, you know, it, it didn't occur to me till just now, but do you remember that conservatory class we had with Griggs? Right. Yeah. Where he got a message that he got tickets. You to guys know a guy named Griggs. Yeah, it's his last name. Is that Dan Glover's character like Lethal Weapon? No, that's Riggs. That's a different Riggs. thing. Oh, damn it. No. Murtaugh. Murtaugh. Riggs and Murtaugh. But no, so this guy, is it Jeff? Was his first name Jeff? Jeff Griggs, yeah. right? So we were in the middle of a class, our Saturday morning class, and he got a note that he had won the lottery for tickets to Hamilton. Hamilton tickets. Hamilton. And... And it was like the same thing. He was like, "We have to end class early. We're like, I have to get ready to go watch Hamilton." And like, so we ended class so Griggs could get ready to go watch Hamilton. That's the Chicago lottery right there. Chicago, yeah, yeah. But so he's a guy, Brent. I don't know that they're actually making this movie anymore. But at one point, they were making a movie 
on uh, was Del- it the life of Del Close, right? Okay. And it, it was based, uh, so the guy who created the IO Theater, based off of a novel written by Jeff Griggs, who was our teacher at Second City. So so I don't know if they're still going forward with that movie, but... Uh, it's like, I've heard, I've heard it's you know been off and on, you know, I've heard Bill Murray's going to play Del Close, I heard Mike Myers, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, do you remember Mike Myers? Did you guys see Bohemian Rhapsody? I did not watch that movie. Yeah. No. Oh, Mike my, my, Mike Myers plays like a record executive person in that movie, and it's it's Queen, Queen Queen are like going there and they're they're showing him Bohemian Rhapsody in one scene, and Mike Myers is like this this song sucks like what this will never go, and which is so dope because he's got that major scene the iconic scene in Wayne's World yeah where they, they play Bohemian Rhapsody and you know yeah. what happened executives told Mike Myers like you can't fucking play this song no this song is not gonna do it and he he said he he would quit the quit the whole thing unless they put Bohemian the Bohemian Rhapsody song in there. Wow. That's, that's wild. Favorite. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Damn. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Well, yeah, so then so then we get kind of further in the movie. We've got, I got to say, there's one point where Winona Ryder leaves Dracula and she, like, goes to marry Jonathan Harker. And and I just have to note, like, Anthony or Gary Oldman, he has like the ugliest cry face in the scene because oh, it's like God. half bat, and it's like his nostrils are open, and he's just like sobbing. I was like, he's oh. got that like perfect white tuxedo. Yeah, he's in the candle room, and he is just sobbing. Yeah, I was like, it's the worst ugly cry face. <laughs> and, and and Mina's like, I have to go to Transylvania. My husband has violent brain fever. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. You gotta yeah. use, you gotta use that. Sometime. Violent brain Those fever. Old-timey diseases. That's yeah. funny. Uh, violent brain fever. <laughs> Damn my ass. Well, and yeah. and somebody, I, oh man, I read somebody something recently where they pointed out how like before we realized how harmful like lead and asbestos and like shit like that was, like you would have these literary references all the time where they were like. Oh my! My husband fell ill, and then we moved to the coast, and we lived there for six months, and his health did much better. And we moved, and it's like you had—he had lead poisoning. Like you, right. got, you lead your house is lined with lead, you know. And they just didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, what was it like? Was it like ancient? Like they say, like the fall of Rome. Ancient Rome was due to like the aqueducts and like. Like the rich folks had 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 pipes and shit, and they went crazy. Yeah, destroyed like everything. But in that scene where they do get married, uh, that's filmed in a Greek Orthodox church out here. Um, I've been to a lot of weddings, but I've never seen like a bride and groom like fucking make out at the (laughs) altar. That's right. Yeah, like just get after it. But then again, this movie. Super horny. Very horny movie. Well, I yeah. read, it's interesting you say that, I read that Coppola hired an actual priest to do that. Technically, Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder are married, is what I was what I read. And that Winona Ryder sometimes, like, texts him or emails him and says, like, you know, what's the husband? <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I heard that because they did a movie later. Uh, I can't remember really? the name of it, but the two of them did a movie later. And I think she was saying that, like, on the interview trail, that was like, yeah, we're actually married. 
we're husband and wife. You're like kind of joking around, but like maybe not. Um, right. But I, I have to say, I love later in this movie, like how this takes, how Francis Ford Coppola takes everything, not only from Bram, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, but other vampire lore. And we get, you know, we get this like old version of Dracula. We get this like young hip version of Dracula. We get werewolf Dracula. Yeah, what was that about? Yeah, we like we get fucking man bat it's, Dracula. It's like Kyle driving Lucy as this like <laughs> werewolf vampire. Yeah, that scene was wild. Where she's like going through the labyrinth in the in the red dress, and then like yeah. Winona Ryder's chasing her. Yeah, and she comes up on the the wolf man just giving it to her. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like he was able to transform into all the universal monsters. <laughs> right. like that one scene where he's like he's he's, he's Frankenstein, <laughs> <laughs> just yelling fire the whole time. <laughs> yeah, he controls the wolf, but then he can also turn into a wolf. Yeah, and then he can turn into like thirty rats. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's that was gross, right. That was a. Yeah, that was that, crazy. That was wild. Yeah, when he just yeah they they like shine the light on him and it's just like a pile of rats all falling apart. <laughs> I was like, but that's a Twitter joke right there. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then at one point he was like a green mist, you know? Yeah, he was like a, he, he when he killed Renfield, he was like a fart cloud coming yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah. I love all the different he can, versions. He's a daywalker too. Yeah. Right, and they kind of mention that, and they they demystify that or whatever. Yeah, he's got those cool glasses, those vampire glasses, Morpheus shades. Yeah, 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 yeah. like steampunk kind of like. Yeah, yeah, nice. Great costume. Yeah, absolutely. Daywalker, Daywalker, Dracula was really cool. The top hat, the brown like suit. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, I liked all the incarnations, and I feel like I had a. Oh, I don't know where it came from, but I feel like I had a a toy catalog or something in the 90s that, like, you could buy an action figure of each version of Dracula, like Daywalker Dracula, Werewolf Dracula, Man Bat Dracula, and it was, like... 30 Rats. 30 Rats Dracula. <laughs> yeah, but you could, like, buy uh, a big action figure of each of those creatures. I have a solid memory of that. In the scene where he's Dracula's trying to turn, he's like struggling with like, do I turn Mina into a vampire? I'm pretty sure he and Winona have the same wig. <laughs> it's like, I'll have to go it, back and look. It, it looks identical. <laughs> you you think maybe they didn't have the budget for two wigs, so they just like <laughs> they they handed it off. <laughs> Let's go! Come on. <laughs> the wig <laughs> well and there was so much like her character was so uh like heavily manipulated by dracula because it kept going you know there were times where it was like she's totally on dracula's side she wants to be turned she wants to go that way but then there's like in the next scene she'll be like the the mina that we know from the beginning where she wants to marry jonathan harker and like be this mina I just love like kind of that duality of like these two Minas go because there's that one scene when they're in like the movies, the cinematograph, and they're watching all the silent films, and he like manhandles her into a room and almost bites her neck, and you're like Jesus Christ, like he's being very rough. Like surely all pretenses are off at this point. Like, but then she's still like 
uh, you know, enamored and in love with him and like has wolf guns. Yeah, 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 yeah. She pets the wolf. They're petting the wolf together, which is very sensual. Everything's very horny. So Yeah. And they have absinthe. Absinthe, very horny, oh, yeah. yes. That's a... at <laughs> once. You say you it did try like that once? A, it's such like a milady drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to this herbal store and and, and I knew that it you need like something called like wormwort. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yes, like, yeah. yes, we sell. And he he was wearing like a business suit, like like Dracula does, like in his Daywalker outfit. Like he was wearing like that. And then he said, "Look, how much do you want?" And I, I said, "All of this." And he was like, "I don't know what." You're obviously a twenty-something-year-old. <laughs> well, I gotta say, in that in that scene too, where they're walking, like before they go to the cinematograph. There's a guy with a billboard, a billboard on his body, right? Like kind of out advertising on the street. And it's for the Lyceum Theater, which is appa- apparently a theater that Bram Stoker worked at when yeah. he was like yeah. writing this novel. So that's, again, like a deep cut. Uh, it's a really deep cut. <laughs> yeah, super deep cut. Yeah. <laughs> and then what else did I have here? Oh, I thought it was also cool that uh, Mike Mignola, the guy who created Hellboy, did the concept art for this movie. Oh. And and after after I read this, I went back and like you can definitely see the influence and in like especially where Dracula's like scrabbling across the outside of the castle and there's like a, a lot of shadow play. Um yeah yeah. And so like yeah, the guy who created Hellboy did the a lot of the concept art for this movie in the process. And then really the only the one other thing I wanted to mention was that uh Gary Oldman the main reason he wanted to work on this movie, he wanted to work with Coppola. That was a big thing for him. And he also wanted to work on this movie. So just for the line, I've crossed oceans of time to find you. And he, there's some great lines in this one. Oh yeah. 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 And I've, I've heard, uh, I read a couple of things like where people were knocking that line. I love that line. I've crossed, I've crossed oceans of time to find you. I think that's a great line. Yeah. But then you have to counter that with at the end when Anthony Hopkins is like, "We've all become God's madmen." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Everything Anthony Hopkins says is just like, I some something I, I I was watching like they were like they basically just let Anthony Hopkins wander onto the set and say whatever and just like tried to capture it on camera and that's that's what happened. <laughs> He pitched that like the scene where he goes and kills the Dracula brides and throws their heads off the bridge is like, ah. yeah. What if we add that in? Yeah, just cuts all three of their heads off. Or there's that scene like before he gets into the carriage, he's like talking to the cowboy, you know, and he's I don't even remember what he's saying, but he's just like he's so giddy that he's like about to go chase after Dracula, and the cowboy's like he's like, whoa, man, like you're kind of. You're. This is too much for me. This is. You're too in. You're too excited. You're too into this. And he's like. He's like hugging him. And he's like, ha ha. We're gonna go yeah. kill him. Like, yeah, he's like, he's got his groove back. You know, yeah. like that's like his jam. This to do with this shit. But the like, way he's, he's been he's, in academia for so fucking long. Yeah. And he finally gets to like go out in the field. <laughs> <laughs> the way he's talking, he's like, he's. It's like okay. In the next scene, they're gonna like go, you know, fight Dracula. But then he's like, okay. I'm going to go get dinner. And then he just, he just leaves to go eat. Oh, that's right. Oh, that, cause he said, yeah, he says something. I'm so hungry. 
That's right. Yeah, he's like, go feed me. I'm I starve or something. He just like he's like yelling orders. Yeah, let's go eat. He's like yelling orders at these like just other dudes that he's working with. Like, and that goes that goes back to like primal instincts in this movie. Like that's like what he wants to fulfill. Yeah, just like a nice steak dinner. <laughs> Which he gets. He gets like the whole chuck roast. Yeah. It is medium rare. He's just cutting off slices. Oh, man. I fucking I love Anthony Hopkins in this movie. He's so good. You know, around that time in the movie, you start to really see like um, just how baller Dracula is in that he's got like boxes of earth like being moved and like rearranged. I read that like in the book, and it goes into more detail, like dude has like earth from his home country transylvania like stashed like around all sorts of places so when he rests like that's part of the mythos i yeah. guess is that he can like rest underneath the earth of his own country or uh yeah that's wild yeah to like repower himself yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's kind of like uh how American military bases around the world are still part of the United States. Yeah. <laughs> Basically the same thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah we've definitely abandoned one like, of yeah. recently. Yeah. <laughs> and and US US generals can just go and like lie in a casket and like yeah. get their powers back as, as long as they're in on the base. <laughs> as long as they're well, in. Yeah, when he's coming over on the ship, he's like He's like regenerating. It looks like he's in like a dry cleaning bag, just like covered <laughs> in like a plasma. That's right. right. He's kind of like a reborn kind of thing, right? Oh, you see like a, yeah. like a sack, like a jelly sack. Kind yeah. Of thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, let me get a jelly sack for this ride. He eats it for sustenance. You know, it's it's all full circle. You know. <laughs> yeah, kind of like Keanu Reeves in the Matrix, where he's like. He come, he's got the jelly sack around him, right? When he wakes up. Yeah. He's eating it. The little ship wants to take him, but he's like, wait, I got a jelly sack. Oh. Got to get out of my jelly sack. Jelly <laughs> sack. <laughs> like I say, the one other thing is, um, I think like a lot, pretty much everybody agrees that Keanu Reeves performance in this was a little, uh, stilted and i guess uh even coppola francis ford coppola they wanted a heartthrob for this movie which i think jack you mentioned earlier that that they considered christian slater, christian slater yeah. but they wanted like a cute oh. young uh, young heartthrob in this role because according to coppola harker isn't such a great part like it's not a good role but so they they wanted like a cute guy in this movie to get to get people in the theater and I guess Coppola said Reeves tried too hard on the accent and it, it just sounded contrived and it just didn't sound good. It didn't sound good at all. I couldn't see Slater in this, in this, um, this movie. Yeah. But I'm glad that he didn't. And then he was able to be like the journalist and interview the vampire. Yeah. Yeah. And That's I cool. feel like he would be shorter than Winona Ryder. And I know it's like, that's a very vain and petty thing to say, but I just, uh, and you would you know he's like standing on bricks when they're he's next to her. It's just uh, <laughs> yeah. so did you guys ever wonder about Christian Slater, like why he did that Jack Nicholson thing? Like why? Like, why did he do that with like his eyebrow? Like he 
I don't know. I, that's a good question. Is is that just like how he is? Are those his natural mannerisms, or is he like trying to to channel Jack Nicholson? I don't know. Have you ever thought about? I don't know. Is that I think he is channeling Jack Nicholson, but not like like Jack Nicholson of that era. Not like when he was in Chinatown and uh, Cuckoo's Nest, but like older Nicholson. But when he when Christian Slater was younger, yeah, I don't know. Like as good as it gets, Nicholson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we were talking about this, like, my crotch. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and Jack and I were talking about this earlier. Like, there's a there are a lot of Christian Slater performances I love, like Interview with the Vampire. Or I remember I watched Cuffs a lot when I was a kid. It was on HBO, you know. So. Pump up the volume. Yeah. yeah, and he was in Heather's with one. Heather's absolutely true I romance. See that you're right. Oh yeah, my yeah. my wife is like a huge fan of that movie. And Heather's and is she, hilarious. And like, she's explained it to me so well that I'm like, I don't need to see Heather's. Like, <laughs> you should, you, sh- you should, you should watch it. It's a really good movie. Yeah. Is it okay? Yeah, I will. Yeah. No. All right. Well, before we get into head cannons and the and the end of the episode, do either of you is there anything else either you wanted to touch on before we uh before we jump off here? Do you guys uh, use 2,000 flushes in your toilets yet? <laughs> I do not. I never know. How is it? Well, well we, we had this, like, black ring problem where we'd have to, like, clean the toilets, like, weekly. There was this, like, ring in every toilet bowl in the house. And you have, we, like, we recently really hard water? over to 2,000 flushes. And it's amazing. Huh. Like, if you want, like, all the, uh, okay, like, if all the aesthetics of, like, an outdoor music venue, like, bathroom, <laughs> like, is in your home toilet thing is you don't get to appreciate it while you're in there because it's gross you don't worry about the smell <laughs> but like it's it's a beautiful blue water that's like you're just always there and you know everything's clean and sanitized in the bowl yeah see you know what brent i use i use dracula 2000 flushes and then so it's right like now. it's like constantly uh, undead reborn you know it's like always it, new. It's, it's bright red right yeah bright <laughs> Bright red. There's no ring. You have to stab the package with like a paring knife, right? Remember that? And, over yeah, cut yeah. that off. And then, and then your junk falls off into the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Cleaning and sanitizing everything in, this, in, in, in like a, a cyclonical like fashion as you flush the toilet. It's like it's, it's just like it's like evaporating. It's sanitizing. Yeah, you're right. It's good. I'm on board. Well, do either of you guys uh, have a, he- a head cannon you want to jump in with, or you want me to start off with the head cannons? Start it off, because you you alluded to what it was earlier. I did, I yeah, like yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. no, I'm so, so my idea is that not only is there Dracula, who took on this dark curse by, you know, his, his fiance died because she jumped into a river for no reason because she got a random letter, and then he stabbed across... My thought is, if that's all it takes to become Dracula, there should be a number of pieces. Like, in Italy, there's a dude who, like, dropped a cannoli, right? He was really looking forward to eating this cannoli. And he's like, oh, no, I dropped my cannoli. And then he's like, I renounce you, God. Why have you cursed me? And he stabs across because he dropped his dessert. And he also becomes an undead drinker of blood, similar to Dracula, because... He, he dropped his cannoli. And then, so there's like a UN of Draculas? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like each region has their own Dracula who has become 
undead because of one thing or another. Maybe your fiance threw herself into a river. Maybe you dropped your cannoli on the ground. But like everybody's got their own thing, you know. Everyone's everyone's got their own Dracula shit. Right. And the way they cope with it is to rage quit Catholicism. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right. Renounce yeah. your maker. Stab the cross. <laughs> so, what about you, Brant? What do you? What's your head cannon? Sure, I, I was thinking about it in um in my head cannon, um Van Helsing, right? He he. At some point during the movie, he gets bit. You just don't see it. Uh huh. You know, maybe like some drops of blood like enter his like mouth. You know, and he. So he's he, he's starting to like he's starting to change a little bit. He, he dies. He doesn't show. He, like, becomes recluse, you know, like, no one sees him. And he's, like, feeding off, like, rats and, like, you know, all this other, like, sexual, like, stuff, you know, with animals. <laughs> and, and like, time goes by. He's immortal now. He, time goes by. He's immortal now. And he begins to, like, now he's, like, he's, he's moved to, to, he's moved to America. And it's, it's, it's like, the 80s. You know, like it's a super cold time. Like he's like he's dressed like he's in the Matrix. He's like doing blow, you know, and shit like that. And, and so like there's this lady named named Clarice, and so like she's also training at the FBI, right? While he's systematically like eating people and drinking their blood. Right. Wait a minute. Wait. Are you just are you tying Dracula in with Silence of the Lambs? That's what's going on. I might on. be a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I think it works. I okay. Works yeah. Too. I love it. I like that. Yeah, all one universe. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. <laughs> so mine, after they kill Dracula, uh, Harker, Carrie Ellis, and Richard E. Grant and Van Helsing all <laughs> go back to London, and they're like, you know what? We never had a bachelor party for you, Jonathan. <laughs> so they throw the bachelor party. The next day they wake up. Where's Jonathan? <laughs> and it's a hangover, steampunk hangover in no. continental Europe, like almost yeah. kind of like a around the world in 80 days kind of thing, looking for Jonathan Harker. <laughs> They're in a hot air balloon. They're oh, in a hot fuck. air balloon. Oh, I love this. Jack, that's such a great idea. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. The, the moment I saw those three, I was like, you know what? I bet they get into some dumb shit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I would watch the shit out of The Hangover with turn of the century <laughs> <laughs> Dracula characters for sure. <laughs> well, before we sign off here, Jack, is there anything you want to plug? Anything you want to direct people to? Should they follow you on social media? Media? Should they just fuck off? What? What? what do you? Anything you want to plug before we hop off here? Uh, no, I guess uh, just register to vote and get vaccinated if you haven't already. Um, and yeah, keep the faith. Keep the mask on. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I make a Gary Oldman vaccination um, um, tie-in? <laughs> please, please do. I saw on Reddit. I saw on Reddit someone that posted their vax card, and they they embedded it in a um a um fifth element multi multi pass. Oh nice. Dope. Nice. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. That's yeah, right. we didn't we didn't even talk about Gary Oldman, and yeah, fucking. Uh, oh, he was in True Romance too. Uh, yeah, he did True, yeah, True Romance right. right after this. That was like that weird fucking Jamaican white Jamaican yeah. character, and then and then he did Fifth Element right after that. 
fucking man, that guy, fucking Gary. No, I recently watched. You know, I recently watched just the scene with um, Christopher Walken in True Romance. It's just so awesome. Um, where where Harvey Keitel is like, he's like in a chair, and he tells that story, and he like defends Christopher Walken so hard. <laughs> so good, yeah. With the, the Sicilian blood thing, like going to uh, like like just tying into his like like Christopher Walken racism. <laughs> oh, it's it awesome. Yeah, that was good. It gets him so good. Fuck man. Next week we're going to keep the vampire theme going with the 1985 movie Fright Night, and I want to give you all a heads up that we're gonna do. We've got a couple up uh, special episodes coming up. In October, because October obviously is is the month for horror. So we've got a couple of special celebrity guests, uh, Jeremy London from Party of Five, Mallrats, The Babysitter, a number of other things, and also actor Doug Jones from, you know, Abe Sapien from Hellboy, Silver Surfer from the Fantastic Four movie, you know, Hocus Pocus, the new Star Trek movie that's out now, Shape of Water, Fucking just everything, everything. So make sure that you, you don't miss those episodes and you can keep track of everything by following us on Facebook and Instagram at head cannon pod. And you can also follow us on Twitter at horror movie pod and the subreddit r slash horror movie pod. All right. Well, Jack, thank you again for joining us. This has hey, been a blast. Appreciate it, guys. This is uh, a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And this has been Head Cannon. Ah!